0: Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is Five O Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 923 FM. Here's what you need to know.
1: Hello and welcome to the Phoenix Five O Info Show. My name is Lieutenant Vince Lewis. Uh, here today, as always, with my. Uh, I think I'm right, co host now. Let's just, yeah, let's upgrade to co host. I'm right. not going away anytime soon. Sergeant Rob Sheer is a public information sergeant in the Public Affairs Bureau alongside me. We're coming to you from downtown Phoenix, but somewhere different, somewhere special. You're probably hearing this reverb that uh, we're coming to you from a, not the Public Affairs Bureau studios, but the old jail in downtown Phoenix, which is uh, above our Phoenix Police Museum and the Public uh, Professional Standards Bureau, which is our internal affairs. Uh, here in downtown Phoenix. Uh, but with us, uh, joining us again, thank you for being here, Sergeant, is our Phoenix Police Historian and former Public Information Sergeant Vincent Cole. Welcome, Vinnie. Yes,
2: thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Uh,
0: yes, it's great to have him back. He even wore the, the PAB pin. Right, roster. gotta remember uh, yeah. where I came from. Absolutely. The unit designator
1: pin, so yeah. we're all part of the same-
0: uh, All same family today. Yeah,
1: good, so yeah, all right. Well, speaking of traditions, I uh, wanna talk about where we are he go ahead and give us an idea of, of the significance of not only where we are, what this was used for.
2: Okay, so this uh, originally uh, Phoenix City Hall kind of municipal building was at 125 East Washington. And uh, there was a decision made that they needed to have kind of a municipal square. So what exists in a lot of small towns, the courthouse and things all together. So this idea was conceived between Maricopa County and then the city of Phoenix to build a building that would house both the Maricopa County Courthouse and the city of Phoenix City Hall. Construction uh, lasted from 1928 with occupancy of, of everybody coming in here in 1929, uh, in the summer of 1929. So the building that we're in now, um, it functioned as city hall and eventually encompassed the police department. It also shared, it was a shared building at one time. Um, where we're at now obviously was our jail. And uh, when a person was arrested, they were brought up. Uh, we passed a, a room on our way in that was a tiny little section that kind of functioned as r finger and fingerprinting and picture-taking, uh, which blows my mind now considering how big our facilities are compared to then. If a person had committed a misdemeanor, they were being held for a misdemeanor crime, they were brought to this side of the jail. Um, things like trespassing, shoplifting, minor thefts, uh, drunken disorderly, which obviously isn't in the codes anymore, but, uh, and, and a few others. And if they were brought in here for felonies, they were brought over to the Maricopa County side, which is adjacent to us. And that's where, uh, they would be held.
1: Rob describe this room.
2: I mean, spooky was
0: mentioned. It's kind of eerie. Um, it reminds me, honestly, I, I got lucky enough. I'm a sports nut. You're a historian. I was lucky enough to go to Fenway park and it has that weird, um, paint ripping off, kind of peeling off the the walls, yet it's been painted, it looks about 420 times. I mean, it's it's an eerie, kind of tight-fitting not well lit, not well ventilated in any way, shape or form. It's it's an interesting feel. It's very cold and dark, but still musky and hot. So we've
1: time. got concrete floors, we've got metal benches, we've got metal bars. This is giving me like a walking dead kind of uh, Alcatraz
2: feel, right? Right, yeah. It, well, and, and when you said that it looks like it'd been painted over 400 times, you're right. And uh, obviously if you're only listening and not watching the bolts that are fixed are bubbles of paint now because trustees would basically paint this building or I'm sorry, this section of the building multiple times, who knows how many times a year. And uh, it's very archaic in the sense of what we're used to in our careers. The jails have made vast evolutions since this. I mean, this is an early 20th century jail as a comparison to what they build now. The bars and things like that, very reminiscent of an old movie set uh, rather than a jail. So it's very confined. It's a constricted space. So... um...
1: But and it's no longer functioning as a jail. It's been basically, I don't I, well, can we say it's been preserved? I know it's been locked up and the access has been severely restricted. Nobody comes up here, is that right?
2: By virtue of that, it's kind of inadvertently preserved it. Um, certain parts of the jail has had parts removed, so there's things missing as we walk around. This wouldn't safely contain anyone anymore. Um, but it's, it's largely untouched. There's still dust everywhere. Uh, there's, I, do, I doubt any of the plumbing functions, but you can see where there were beds and, and toilets and, uh, and tables in like this day room area we're in. So we've got about a dozen cells that are on this
1: floor that we're in, and it's just one wall of cells with the rolling gates that you would hear slide and slam shut. Right. Uh, inside each one of these cells, a concrete floor, like we said, toilet,
2: bench, probably not much more. Right. Yeah. And, and again, this is a jail. So people were here temporarily. And in fact, some people had taken up residence here so often they began using it as their mailing address. And, and they would also, the detectives would use some of the inmates we had here for photo lineups. And downstairs in the Detective Bureau, um, there's several famous Phoenix PD uh, uh, mugshot, or I'm sorry, photo lineups that were done true photo lineups where they would line inmates up and somebody would pick them out. And uh, oftentimes those were trustees. Sometimes they were city of Phoenix employees uh, that worked here that they would stand in a lineup. Imagine getting scooped up for that. Right, yeah.
0: Hey, you as a historian and not to get crazy personal, but you as a historian, um, you know, access has been kind of denied up here, you know, regularly to a degree. What's it like for you to be in a building like this where you 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 remember pictures and you're like, oh, that's where that picture was at, or oh, that's what this is. What's it like for you personally to be in a place like this?
2: It's really cool to come back and see it untouched because so much of history is done through pictures, sketches, and maps to be able to walk in. And I had commented this several times. This place still smells like a jail to me. Yeah. And it's funny because it's, it's a completely immersive experience and it's a largely for all intents and purposes, it's an abandoned section of this building. And it's just a snippet in time that you can kind of come back and, you know, people who have gone before us on this job have worked here, they've been assigned here. And it again, it's, it's amazing to me that this is all still here and is all still something we can experience. So significance of this building
1: and this particular jail and the room that you were talking about before, having to do with Phoenix police history and Phoenix, History, because we're all familiar, at least in the law enforcement community, with Arizona Miranda, right? Right. So, and that was an actual person, Ernesto Miranda, who was arrested here by a Phoenix police detective and brought to this facility. Is that correct?
2: Right. So he would have been brought here for the picture taking and, and uh, fingerprinting. He would have been housed on the felony side, but Miranda kind of had several run-ins with the law, so it's entirely possible at one point he was housed here. But we also had a couple other famous people that were incarcerated in this side of the jail. Ira Hayes. Um, Ira Hayes is one of the original flag raisers from the Battle of Iwo Jima. He's in the back. Uh, He had spent some time here. Um, The uh, Winnie Ruth Judd trial was held right next door. Same thing with the Miranda trial. It was held next door. So this place has a lot of history apart from it just functioning as an old jail. But you've talked to the detectives and the people, because there's there's
1: offices, Phoenix police offices, like our internal affairs, um, the Phoenix police museum. You've talked to people who work in this building and they've shared some stories with you that might raise the hair on the back of your neck. Is that
2: right? Well, and, and, you know, people always say if a building's old, it's haunted. That's not always necessarily true. But when you have a jail, there's a lot of, things that happen that go with people in custody, people who've been picked up for violent things. Um, I had spoke to somebody who had worked, one of our employees here, who said that on the first floor in the old detective bureau, uh, we had an employee who was shot and killed in here in the 40s, uh, downstairs. And uh, this employee was walking in late at night. She worked for internal affairs, so it was probably some sort of call out, and looked to her left and, um, and saw somebody that was a slim, either white or Hispanic male. And um, when she went past, it was that person was gone. And she had told me about it, and I happened to have a picture of said person, and her eyes lit up and said, that's the guy. So ironically, the place where she saw him is about where he probably would have died. So me as the house cynic,
0: what I hear is late call out, tired. probably been exhausted, tired, <laughs> happened to maybe see something and then looked at a picture and said, that was probably it. What stories do you, do you have any personal stories that could maybe turn me into one that I might believe might, might believe in this ghostly presence? I
2: do. So uh, PMH, which Phoenix Memorial hospital at seventh Avenue and Buckeye now functions as our urgent psychiatric care. And uh, we had a call one night of a gentleman who needed to go there and it was unremarkable, picked him up, took him there. Uh, but it was summer and I had been pounding water. So I needed to use the restroom. So I asked one of the nurses, can I use your restroom? And she said, sure, no problem. Now to wind it back a little bit, PMH kind of functioned as county hospital, especially in the 60s, 70s, you know, until St. Joe's became a little more prevalent and they were around then, but you know, PMH was kind of our county hospital. And the first floor of where I was at encompassed the old surgery center. So she said, "Hey, uh, use use the employee restroom." And I opened the door, and the lights were off. And I flipped them on, and uh, in front of me was like a set of lockers, just like you would see in any employee restroom slash locker room. And to my right, there was a um, there was a sh- it, it was like two shower stalls, and I saw somebody standing there in a hospital gown. And you know the old style hospital gowns that are like the little square patterns. And it did to the point where I ran to the, uh, to where I saw it. Cause again, as I'm looking at it, it looks like there's a deep kind of entryway to the shower. And uh, I ran there and there was a wall facing me. There was nobody there. And I wasn't, I wasn't tired on, I was certainly awake after that, right. um, but that gave me the heebie jeebies. And as I left, I started to think this is the area of where the old surgery center was. And so that was my experience. Nothing. So you weren't thinking that going in. You weren't
0: predisposed no. to. No,
1: I,
2: I just had to okay. use the
0: restroom.
1: So I, I, I got a story I would tell you real quick. This is one of my father's friends. It's, so my, I, my dad did 37 years with Phoenix and he's got some friends and some stories and things. This one in particular was uh, there is a restaurant not far from where we're at, across from um, a major park in the city. And this restaurant is built into an old house that it's the only thing on the property and there's stories to go along with that. But there was a late night call, thought to be a burglary, thought to be somebody inside that structure. This officer, Phoenix police officer, tells the story through third parties or whatever. It was passed down to me that he goes into this house, makes his way into the basement of this building, completely dark, just his flashlight. He's alone on the call searching through, not necessarily knowing the history of the, or, the, or the, the significance of this building, doesn't expect to see or find anything. And as he's searching, With his flashlight across this dark empty basement a female scream right in his ear he almost drops the flashlight runs right outside the front door makes the whole building clear and gets out of there with his life so that's the story as it was passed to me not sure how uh how that relates or do you guys have any other experiences I don't,
0: yeah. uh, nothing, uh, again, nothing as the house the cynic, I don't. Maybe so, I, I-
1: What about the calls? Like, so I've been to a call on a, at a hotel, not far from here also to close to downtown where uh, somebody was seen on the roof. They were cleaning up after a party, rooftop party, whatever, they were the last one to leave. And they said, hey, you need to get security up here. There's somebody sitting on the uh, roof over behind the air conditioning unit because there's a pair of boots sticking out. And this person who waits for security to get up there, we go up there, we check
2: and there's nobody there.
1: And this particular hotel, I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about.
2: I, I, can, I think I do. <laughs> All
1: right. Yeah. It's been stories from for that date back. In fact, they have a little display in their lobby to talk about the uh, ghosts in that hotel. Lobby.
2: Yes. Yes, they do. And, and they they definitely they used to have tours and stuff through through um, not too far from that. You know, downtown Phoenix has a lot of historic properties that are residential homes, particularly west of 7th Avenue and east of 7th Street. You have the old Garfield neighborhood. All those, A lot of them are very, very historic, and some of them are even pre-statehood homes. Uh, we had a call one night in the middle of the night um, of a burglary and got there, and it was a young lady who was uh, doing—she um, was studying. She was a student, and she went up to get some water, wasn't drinking. She was adamant about Actual that. water. And— uh, she saw somebody sitting in her living room, freaked out, called, called the police as anybody would. So we got there, checked the house, checked the exterior. The windows were painted shut. I remember seeing that. So uh, afterwards I had asked her what he was wearing and she described kind of like a three-piece suit and a rolled fedora, which I determined I, in my own mind thought, she's talking about a derby hat, which they're not very popular anymore. Needless to say, nobody was found in the area. So I don't know what she saw, but we were able to calm her fears a little bit. All right. Well, for those of you joining us
1: in the podcast, thank you for listening. As always, you can uh, make a difference and help solve crimes in your community and earn a potential cash reward by giving tips to Silent Witness. And uh, you can call... 480 Witness, or in Spanish, 480 Testigo, or you can visit them at silentwitness.org. Join us online for the larger version of this episode, where you can see more stories and interviews with Sergeant Cole. Thank you for being here. Yep, thanks, sir. And uh, as always, Sergeant Share, (laughs) we appreciate you listening and uh, be safe. And remember, we're all in this together. And be safe out there.
0: You've been listening to 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.